0: edition of retail therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast my name is Will DeFries in the studio with me right now is someone that you've heard from before someone you know very well and someone you're gonna be seeing a lot more of on this feed Barrett Dudley hello Barrett
1: so great to have you here it's great to be here man I'm, I'm really really excited about what we're doing here and uh, it just it feels good man this is uh, got a great first episode and it's, this is just this just makes sense You know,
0: something I've always enjoyed on the Sunday Scaries podcast is bringing Barrett on periodically to talk about uh, gift guides, style guides for certain things, just certain topics that we might just have a a shared affinity for. And about a month ago, I I approached Barrett and I I said, you know, I'd really like to do some regular episodes with you on the Sunday Scaries feed. And we kind of spitballed a little bit and we came up with a format that I think pretty much worked for us. And so I think you will be seeing about two episodes a month. Is that what we decided on, Barrett? I think think that's right. About every other week or so. So I think every other Wednesday, you might be seeing another episode on the feed. We might miss a couple. We might uh, do a couple more. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Whatever whatever we want to do. For me, from my perspective, I have a lot of topics that I would like to cover on Sunday Scaries. But given the current format, it's kind of difficult for me to do those things sometimes. It might be that I don't have the expertise in it. It might be that I just don't feel like doing the research on it. Or it might just be something that I don't think is perfectly suited for a standalone segment. And I think this kind of offers both of us somewhat of a, a venue and a platform to talk about those things in a more casual manner. As opposed to kind of putting it on a pedestal and just doing like a, a solo piece on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And And I don't, you know... I, I never turned down a chance to talk more about the stuff that, that I'm passionate about and that I love talking about, which uh, everything you're going to hear today, this, this is stuff that I, I think we both really love and, and we, you know, we just like stay very tuned in on, mm-hmm. um, whether that's like, you know, the pop culture side of things or or, or things that are trending or just like you know, New York in general stuff
0: that's going on <laughs> in New
1: York or, or, or shoes. Like, I man, I can't even help myself. Like I, I just got distracted while you, while you were talking, because I just realized that J crew and did a collaboration with DM on some hiking boots. Like this is, this is just my mind. And so th- it, it never stops. And so I'm happy to have another outlet to, to, to sit down and, and, and hash hash some of this stuff out. I don't
0: think that's going to be – that's the first time that a hiking boot collaboration has been discussed, but I don't think it's the last <laughs> time that it will be discussed based on how many hiking boot collaborations uh, that, that's are That's right. On. There are
1: lots and lots of them to choose from. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and, and you know, I just – there will probably be, like, some overlap with the other podcasts that I do, Club Cool, but I, I think that they're, like the, – each of these have, you know, a, a, a kind of a distinct brand about them, a, a, a distinct uh, tone – and, you know, if, if you like what you hear over there or if you like what you hear over here, you're going to you're going you're gonna to find a home at both places, I think. So the, and there's there's obviously, you know, there is there's plenty to discuss. Mm-hmm. And so it's great that 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 will have uh, many hours of the month to, uh, you know, to fill.
0: This will be a very rare occurrence when this when this style of episode drops on a Sunday. Uh, this It was the first episode. I've been on vacation for the past uh, week, and so it made sense to kind of intro everything right now. But as we said earlier, these will most likely drop in the middle of the week and kind of break up the week as opposed to replacing regular Sunday episodes. And so fear not if you enjoy those other other Sunday Scaries episodes. But I think without further ado, I think it's time to jump in a little bit, Barrett. Let's do it. Something I think we might end up talking about somewhat regularly is uh, – aesthetics a little bit i i am very drawn to aesthetics for some reason i think it's interesting to see how people frame themselves how brands frame themselves um whether it be you know photo editing whether it just be you know the style of photography whatever it could be and something that i've always kind of enjoyed looking at and something that i recently saw in vogue is called the rise of nanacore, which is essentially just old people vibes
1: yeah <laughs> yeah um
0: so this is—I'd not heard this term, nanocore. <laughs> I had not either, but when I saw it, I said, "Oh, that makes all the sense in the world to me."
1: Yeah, and and it does. It it really is kind of a culmination of some other stuff that that uh, that we've seen there. I've, there, there's a, a word I've heard floating around out there called like book core, mm-hmm. which is kind of an evolution of of norm core, where you kind of look like you work at a library or like a professor at Columbia or something like that. That makes sense. I probably then, dabbled in that unintentionally. And, and a few, yeah, yeah. And then a <laughs> few years ago, there was or, or a couple years ago, there was like kind of geezer core, mm-hmm. where like a lot of dudes were kind of like dread, like kind of picking up on on the you know old guy suits with like a bucket hat that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you, you, you mix in the kind of like knits and crochets and patchworks that have been happening. And like, I think all that comes together perfectly here, uh, in this nanocore. which, you know, old people, especially that are, you know, is old, old people sounds wrong. Doesn't it just, it I, does, I guess
0: they are old though. But like, I also, if, if you're an old person listening to this podcast, I, I respect what you're doing. <laughs> like I, I'm not anti old people. I'm not an ageist. I, I enjoy the. The mo of older people. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to me getting style inspiration from old people because they're straight up not trying at this point. That's right. They're really putting it down for for this for this look. Uh, the, something that I wrote down is like uh, an Instagram account that is featured in the Vogue article, and I will link all this stuff on the Substack Uh I've been doing the Sunday Digest on Sundays. I'll definitely put the article in there for everybody. Um, but something that. I've always looked at is an Instagram account called Grandparents. And this was started by a guy named Kyle Keevy Jarvi, and he's a creative consultant. He used to work for AdSum in New York. And all he really does is put up a bunch of photos of old people doing old people stuff. <laughs> and for some reason, it's like the most relaxing Instagram feed for me. It's really just old people taking long walks, maybe getting ready to play a little tennis, doing some fly fishing, reading the newspaper on a park bench. Yeah, it's yeah. just pure comfort out here. <laughs> the uh, yeah,
1: and and there's this kind of idea of uh, of time as well, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in the in that a lot of people of this age have time. Yes, and so it, like it, it it ties into like the you know just the leisurely activities that you're able to do at this age, with kind of like with with fewer cares about the kind of the world surrounding you. Like you know, in your thirties, like the responsibility just like continues to pile on. And then like when you finally reach this, it kind of like starts to de-escalate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got finished watching the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. And Larry David is like, I think he kind of fits into to this conversation because his style is so specific and so iconic and he does not change it at all, regardless of, of any type of, you know.
0: Is he still wearing simple sneakers? Yes. They don't they don't even make those no. anymore, right? And in the one in one of the last episodes, he literally throws a pair in the trash. <laughs> Because he steps in dog poop. <laughs> I mean, I I'm amazed that like I I, I googled it recently because I was like, man, are simples about to make a comeback? I remember wanting a pair of simples when I was a little kid. Probably yep. not. I mean, I don't think they were an old people thing at that point. I think they were just a hip shoe that you know J Crew probably put on their models once in a while, but like. Now, because of Larry David, I'm fiending for a pair of simples. I almost want to go on eBay and just find like a vintage pair of ten and a in, like uh, yeah. black and tan.
1: Yeah, I haven't looked it up, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they're going for a premium. Um, anyway, I just the, all of this makes me think about Larry David as well because he's you know he's he's an older guy now and and has all of this time to you know do less leisure activities and more like be neurotic and and focus on the things that annoy him. But you know he could do this stuff if he
0: wanted to. Another aspect of this that I th- find to be really entertaining, and this it's been found on the grandparents' feed as well, is there's one photo specifically of an old man. He's wearing a uh, Patagonia shirt – or sorry, uh, jacket, pair of khakis, and some Yeezy Boost 350s. <laughs> and it's not like he's wearing those shoes because he – thinks that he's not a hype beast. He's just wearing them because they were probably the most comfortable things that he could find, and he saw them somewhere. He probably Googled, like, most most popular expensive sneakers, and they just absolutely help. And I think, yeah, you're pulling it up on the screen right now. The amount of New Balances that yeah, are yeah. going through, I I think we would be remiss to not attribute the somewhat of the rise of New Balance to, to the, these old people vibes.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. The um, You know, the whole kind of, like, vintage prep, 90s, Seinfeld, just like dad, look is like has has obviously helped this New Balance wave, especially, you know, when it comes to the to the gray nine nine ones and nine nine twos and and what have you. Um, and you might you might hear another an, another bit about New Balance when we get to the wish list later in the episode, but, but yeah, absolutely. The the uh, you know, do you do you have anything that you like pulled out of your dad's closet? Do, uh, do you, I you, have you know, a. Do you, I have a couple things, uh, or maybe like your. What about your like your Mount Gay rum hat? Was that from? Was that I have from your, a couple Mount Gay rum
0: hats. I've acquired those through a couple different people. Okay. Uh, one of my buddies actually used to just do a lot of sailboat racing, and he had so many. He, and gotcha. he didn't he didn't wear them anyway. He was like, "Here, take them." But actually, you brought that up. There was a guy. The the my favorite person that I've seen in public who was just absolutely crushing a look was about maybe four years ago at the WGC Dell match play in Austin, Texas. And I was just walking around enjoying myself and I saw this guy and he was wearing oversized khakis an oversized white polo shirt. That was very recklessly tucked in. And then he had on a Mount gay rum, uh, regatta hat that appeared to have been from 1980. And I could, it was so old that the brim of the hat was no longer (laughs) going, uh, you know side to side it yeah, just like it was, like it broken, was drooping right? forward yeah, and yeah. I was just like this guy is on such another level that I can't even he doesn't know how good he looks right now <laughs> he does not know that he looks so casual and cool that he's just out here doing it
1: yeah that it's the the nonchalance and like you said like the, the the piece of it where where you know that they aren't really trying mm-hmm. is like part of what's so attractive about it and then you just like factor in like how popular vintage is and how popular upsourcing is and how both you know shoppers and and buyers as well as like brands themselves are trying to be more eco-friendly and eco-conscious and green and all that and so it's like just the 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 idea of kind of like stealing a piece of this whether you're you're emulating the looks or rocking the New Balance or you know kind of like what's most attractive to me is just like digging through your parents old stuff and like mm-hmm. find finding things that that have the patina and have that kind of like that that, uh, that just kind of classic feel nature to them is like is a really cool piece of it as well and and it doesn't like you, your parents that that's the thing looking through all this your parents don't necessarily have to be fashionable no. right it's just like it's the vibe it's yeah the, it's it's what they put out I guarantee you anybody listening to this podcast you go home go to your mom's your your, your mom and dad's place or or, or wherever and just like just take a peek through the closet. I bet you'll find something you like.
0: <laughs> I, I had a sweater from my dad, and it was a Ralph Lauren sweater. It was uh, black with a collar on it, um, like a polo collar. And I found it in his closet one time, and I knew that it wouldn't fit him anymore. And so I stole it, and I wore it all the time. And I absolutely loved this thing, and I haven't seen anything like it ever since. And I had to stop wearing it because I had enough holes in it that it just it did not look uh, – high-end anymore, and I couldn't actually wear it to nice events. But it was such a cool sweater, and now I'm, I'm like, clamoring for it. And so you, you just brought up – actually, can you tell me about Engineered Garments, a brand that I'm not very familiar with? Yeah,
1: so Engineered Garments is kind of the, the flagship label of, um, of kind of a collective called Nepenthes. Okay. So if you want to shop directly on their website, you'll, you actually go to nepenthesny.com or NepenthesNY. Um, and they, their, their, their host of brands includes engineered garments, south to west eight, which is like a very fly fishing, you know, you have that on your list is like one of these leisure kind of older, older, um, person activities, uh, that that's very kind of, it's, it's a big source of inspiration right now in, in fashion writ large, um, needles who's doing like a bunch of the mohair cardigans and track Cat. pants. Uh, and then there are, there, there are a couple other brands in, in mixed in there as well. Um, Anyway, it's, it's, they are – I hope I'm getting this right here. They're all, like, J- Japanese-designed, like the guy that designs um, engineered garments, Daiki Suzuki, I want to say his name is. I'm going to double-check that uh, right here just to make sure I get it right. Uh, yeah, Daiki Suzuki. Uh, but, there are, but it's mostly made in U.S., Okay. In fact, a lot of it is made in New York City. So it's designed
0: in Japan, made so it's in desi- New York. It's,
1: it's, it's very, like, it's it, all those brands, but especially engineered garments, are, like, this kind of very Japanese take on traditional, baggier, Americana-type silhouettes. Okay. So you see, like, a lot of loose chore blazers and shitloads of pockets everywhere. Love it. Very baggy, like, pants. A lot of military inspiration. Um, so it's it's been popular for well over a decade now um but it's but but in this moment where like bu- silhouettes are becoming more relaxed and then of course like this like kind of that this this kind of older guy style is is becoming more in vogue like they're just having a, a a kind of i won't call it a resurgence but they're they're definitely you know back as far as popularity
0: the reason I asked Barrett about engineered garments is because Derek Guy, who uh, works for Put This On, which is a blog – they they call themselves a blog about dressing like a grown-up. They do some recaps of like eBay finds, things like that. But he tweeted uh, – I think it was last night he tweeted, why does this documentary on Italian truffle hunters look like an engineered garments lookbook? And it's just <laughs> a bunch of guys standing in the woods with uh, really cool-looking dogs. So it it really kinda... And it
1: really does look like – like this is what engineered garments looks like. It's like, you know, these these – functional vests with 18 pockets and the bucket hats and the all the olive garb um man truffle hunting that that's 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 really like if you want to pick up a hobby that that just you're just it's walking a, it's through it's the woods with a dog. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, have
0: you have you seen the movie Pig with uh I've, I've, Nicolas Cage? No, I've
1: not, but I have watched season two of The Great, and there, there there's, there's some uh there's some truffle hunting going on in, in that as well.
0: I mean, I, I just from a vibe standpoint alone when it came to Pig with Nicolas Cage, I was like, I, I have to see this movie. Is this are, is this a Springer Spaniel? It doesn't appear to be a Springer Spaniel, but I think it is some type of bird dog. Sp- okay, yeah. Right. But I, I kinda wanna recreate that photo. I might just go as him for Halloween do, next year and start growing my could, beard out now. Do Do you think
1: you could train uh, Rosie to 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 truffle hunt?
0: I can't really train her to not eat my son's toys at this point, (laughs) so I'm not sure if she could figure that out. Truffle hunting might be not in not in the picture. If I buried a uh, Mickey Mouse miniature doll in the middle of the woods, she would find that. Yeah, and that's that's not too bad. Yeah, this is
1: incredible. Um, (laughs) the the these photos. It also this is you know if you want to pick up another reference point for all this stuff, just think about like. The most recent uh, Amelie Andor lookbook, which I think they he went to Greece to shoot, mm-hmm. and like mixed in with, or at least one of those shoots, I think didn't didn't have a single model. It was all just um, real people, that, people. That, that lived there, and so there's a lot of kids, but there's also there are several older people sporting the clothes as well. So very much you know, a, a brand that I, I know we're all pretty focused on these days, and is kind of you know.
0: They're setting the tone a bit. I'm setting proud of us for making bit. it 16 minutes in without mentioning them first. <laughs> Very big of us. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a, That's progress.
0: Uh, before we get into our next topic, let's hear from our sponsor this week, First Leaf. I love to explore new wines, but I'm not always sure what to get, and I really don't want to be disappointed, and that's why I love the First Leaf Wine Club. They remove all the guesswork and doing all the hard work to discover great wines so I can just enjoy them. First Leaf winemakers sample 10,000 wines a year across Five continents and 12 countries, and they select only the best bottles for the club. First Leaf believes wine is personal. They create a custom wine print for each member and maps their vast portfolio of wines to each person's unique taste preferences once you take their five-minute quiz. And I have to say, Barrett, taking the quiz is actually pretty fun. You learn a little little bit about yourself, and once they actually spit out the wines that match you, you can kind of – you can mix and match them as well. You can switch one out for a different varietal. You can do whatever you want. There are no contracts or cancellation fees, and if you're not happy with the wine you receive, First Leaf will give you a credit towards your next shipment. For a risk, free, It's a risk-free way to explore an endless array of world-class wines. I've gotten several packages from them, and I have to say, they do a phenomenal job curating everything, and they do an even better job of making sure that you're taken care of when it comes to getting wines that you like. I will admit, I got one bottle of wine that uh, – in my first shipment, that is not something that's normally in my rotation. And I immediately subbed it out, and I started getting wines that were much more tailored to me. Uh, we're very much in a big red wine phase right now with this colder weather. Colder weather,
1: yeah. Yeah, and that makes
0: sense. once it starts to get closer to spring and summer, I think you might see a little more rosés mm-hmm. or uh, crisp chardonnays showing up on that list. I got really into white wines this last year. Interesting. I can just I, – I...
1: I can just drink it like water. That's the thing.
0: I don't mind. I love a good white wine on ice during the summer months, especially when it's just too hot to handle outside. Celebrate your special first and the moments that count with First Leaf, the wine club designed to help you discover new wines you'll love, personalized to your taste, and delivered to your door. Join today, and you'll get six bottles of wine for twenty nine ninety five with free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries for six bottles of wine for twenty nine ninety five and free shipping. Here's a toast to first. May you enjoy them with the people you love from the first sip to the last. Tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. Have you heard, Barrett? Cigarettes are back. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm not a smoker. Uh, nor am I. I, I. I will admit to the uh, occasional drunk cigarette. Which has been severely, severely uh, taken out of my my repertoire over the past few years, but you know, back in the day, it was always fun to rip a heater if you saw someone doing it when you were kind of out out in the town for the night.
1: Now that you're a dad, do you feel like like a stronger urge to like get that little piece of stress relief, or do you feel less of an urge because you have to set a good example, an even better example now?
0: I think the the potential side effects of smoking cigarettes is. Uh, it's such a large looming thing for me that I don't think my mortality since having a son has been much more at the forefront for me. And whether it's, I mean a a small decision like having one drunk cigarette when you're out with uh, like a bachelor party or something like that, obviously that's not going to affect things, but I do think more in terms of mortality now. And it's a, it's a very kind of depressing thing to think (laughs) about, but it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to do it anymore. And also the, the, the feeling of doing that when, I, when you were drunk back in the day, it doesn't feel as good anymore. I think the guilt is, is so aggressive. It's kind of yeah. like when you smoke a cigar and you wake up the next morning and your, your mouth tastes like an ashtray. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing with cigarettes now. It's just, it's just disgusting to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let you read a little bit from the, the, the New York Times article here before, before I jump in with, okay. with further takes. Okay.
0: So I'll, this is how the article begins. Um, it's in the New York Times, and it's called the, the, That Cloud of Smoke is Not a Mirage. And it says, On a recent not-so-wintry Thursday in the Bushwick neighborhood of Brooklyn, when the only snowflake scene were over text, a gang of 20 something stood in a circle outside a clearing gallery, a, sharing a pack of American spirits. A few days later, at Columbia University, a 19-year-old pre-med student stared enviously at her phone screen. At a Parisian woman in cute dresses walking, cigarettes in hand, before stepping outside for a cigarette with her friends. She requested not to be identified by name because she didn't want her habit to affect her career in medicine. People are smoking online, too. On Instagram, Tasmin Ersahin, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ersahin? That sounds Ersehin, right. Ersahin. A photographer and stylist posted a story of her boyfriend, Arsun. Uh He's the son of photographer Mario Sorrenti catching a lit cigarette in his mouth. On TikTok, Charlie Jordan, the DJ and model, tried a sexy French inhale for 7.7 million followers. Smoking is back, said Isabel Rower, a 24-year-old sculptor, one of the spirited Americans outside clearing. She says, weirdly, in the last year or two, all my friends who didn't smoke now smoke. I don't know why. No one is really addicted to it. It's more of a pleasure activity. And then later in the article, someone whose last name is Frey said, weed is positioned as medicine now. Cigarettes are this bad, cheeky thing. And so it's almost this tongue-in-cheek, like not addiction, but like they know they're doing something bad and something they shouldn't be doing. But it's like that's how they're lashing out in this uh, pandemic world.
1: Yeah, there's a piece of this. There's a piece of the article that talks about how it's kind of a rejection of like the wellness culture that Mm -hmm. is, you know, that has permeated like just – so far and wide at this point. And, 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 you know, one of the, one of the quotes like talks about how uh, one of the girls is like, I'm not going to do a bunch of yoga classes and eat bowls and like spend all my money at whole foods. She's just like, I'm not, I don't have, I don't, not only do I not have the bacon account for it. I'm just like, I'm rejecting that essentially. Yeah. And so, you know, it does feel like this kind of like counterculture thing where you're, you're, you're zagging when everybody is zigging, especially mm-hmm. because it feels like a lot of what I've read recently about Gen Z is how like they're not drinking as much as millennials. You know they yeah. kind of like reject that piece of it, and they they are like v- they're all about like self care and mental health and and all this type of stuff. So I feel like this is, this feels a little bit like a piece of that generation, kind of saying not nah, fuck all that. Yeah. At the same time, that opening paragraph. On a not so wintry Thursday in the Bushwick neighborhood of Brooklyn, a gang of twenty-somethings stood in a circle outside a clearing gallery, sharing a pack of American spirits. That literally applies every year since you know 1925. Nothing or has changed there. Yeah, like that's that. <laughs> yeah, it's Brooklyn. There are, <laughs> and Isabel Roer is a 24-year-old
0: sculptor. I'm yeah, not, artists and entertainers. They smoke cigarettes. It's what they do. I'm pretty sure the first ever drunk cigarette I had <laughs> was in Brooklyn. <laughs> so to to that
1: end, like this feels like a little bit of like like just like a reframing mm-hmm. of the people that do smoke. Yeah, because one of the things I always found interesting, like when you know when we were in high school, when people would smoke, or college and people would smoke, it you know the, this another piece of this article. It's like it's not because they don't know any better. It, that that has also been true for the last twenty or thirty or forty years. Like everybody that I knew that smoked definitely knew that it could kill them, or that it was
0: terrible for yeah. their lungs, or bad for their health. Yeah, like. Even I mean, it says in here, I mean, there is a medical professional in here is doing it. And I don't know that many doctors, but I know a handful of doctors who I know have smoked cigarettes before or have a habit. So
1: the the idea that like people wouldn't smoke now because now in 2022, they know the health risks. That's also kind of feels like straw man type argument because, well, we've we've known that for 40 years now and people have still smoked. So I, I, you know. That's why there are far fewer smokers. Um, I the the piece of this here here's what here's what I like about smoking. I obviously <laughs> don't do it. I don't even have the drunk cigarette because I can't. My I just can't. I can't do it. I can't inhale a cigarette um, without appearing like I just like took a bong rip. You know what I mean? Like I'm just hacking and coughing. It'll the, hit you. Uh, but it is. It's it's better than having a little fucking electronic thing in your hand puffing on it like it's way it is the thing the the thing about smoking is that it's it's always been kind of alluring and kind of sexy and kind of you know Mm -hmm. parisian or new york or or whatever and so like that's the piece of the backlash that i can imagine maybe carrying you know holding some water is that it's also a backlash against the rise of the e-cigs and the the vapes.
0: I kind of appre- I do appreciate yeah. that that the replacing of that as like I, I hate sitting at a restaurant. I mean, we, we I've sat at restaurants and you know so many, every restaurant in Austin, Texas. You're sitting there out on a patio, and there's some person that looks like they're a preteen, but they're actually like 18 or 17, 18, whatever, and mm-hmm. they just hit their USB cartridge. And I look over and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like like this is just such a weird world. But I also think like. We, you were talking earlier about, you know, the, the wellness and the health trends and everything like that. And I think we all know we and there's probably people listening right now who are these people, those people who go hard all weekend, they're drinking beers, they're drinking martinis whiskey, whatever it may be. They have their drunk cigarettes. And then on Sunday, they do go to Whole Foods and they try to undo it all by, it's always been a trope on the, on the Sunday Scaries Instagram. It's like, yep, I'm going to go to the grocery store and spend $120 on healthy food for the week because I just absolutely ruined myself all weekend. But now like, you're right. I think they are rebelling a bit against that whole wellness concept, which I mean, I get like, there's only so many years consecutively that people can tell you, you know, like what's you need to hone in your morning routine you need to uh stop eating this kind of food whatever it may be there's only so many years that can go by where people are telling you to to embrace that wellness aspect before people are like you know what like i when i am out getting wild for a night i i might have a drunk cigarette every once in a while yeah
1: um well can i borrow your your charger here Sorry you absolutely for the, can the, the brief interruption um the other thing that i wanted to that that this article made me think of um is uh, so i've been watching the new sex in the city show yeah. on hbo max uh it's called Just like that <laughs> um i a better title for it would have been white ladies learning stuff okay <laughs> <laughs> um they definitely take on and try to, try to tackle some of like the the social issues that that uh that older privileged white people are are kind of reconciling with in the last 5 years um all that being said, I've very much enjoyed the show. Still, uh, mm-hmm. I think if you, if, if if you like scaries, if you're if you're into the Sunday scaries, I think you're gonna like. You probably there's there's an overlap. I think that Venn diagram has a large overlap of people that like Sex in the City and like Sunday scaries. Like, I think that's fair. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's kind know? of the, it's like they, the original
0: rom com television show.
1: Yeah, and they they the fabulous people wearing fabulous clothes hanging out in New York City, like you know having martinis and and cool lunch. She's even hosting a podcast. Now. You know, not yet. She is hosting a podcast now. Anyway, um, I wa- the episode I watched last night, Carrie, she's kind of going through this, you know, this, this tragedy, kind of finding herself again. And, um, you know, she's selling her like $15 million apartment. She's looking amazing. She goes down, she gets into her, her real estate agent's car which is this absolutely gorgeous like chocolate brown Mercedes S-Class, and they're both looking fabulous. Carrie is like boho as ever, but super chic. And they have this, Carrie is basically like, oh, do you smoke? She can smell it. Mm -hmm. And she starts smoking again, is the (laughs) point here. And it looks, you know, of course Carrie looks amazing smoking the cigarette in her awesome clothing, but I'm watching that, and it's like, yeah, Joe Camel looks cool in his leather jacket and his cigarette, but I cannot help. I'm like, no, don't do that to those beautiful clothes and that beautiful car. (laughs) They're just gonna reek. Yes, reek. And that's like that's you know that that's kind of my to to just kind of come full circle on the topic here. I never cared about the health aspect of it either, really. Like it's a it it was a it it was just it was like a you know something that was that provided some discouragement Mm -hmm. from doing it, Mm -hmm. but the. All I ever needed was the fact that you'd get home from like hanging out with people that smoked or being in a bar where you could burn heaters and like. Reeking of cigarettes.
0: Oh, if you ever go to a casino, you yes. come out and it's like we used to have a casino very close mm-hmm. to my hometown and we would go there at night when we were really trying to get a little wild, and you'd get home from it and your your winter coat would smell like a pack of cigarettes. And it yeah. was like, well, this wasn't worth yeah, this wasn't try, worth try me. Try d- getting that out. Try getting yeah. that smell out. It's like <laughs> not only did I lose like a hundred dollars that I didn't have at the blackjack table doing five dollar minimum hands, but now I'm also reeking like cigarettes in the grocery store the next day while I'm trying to buy that that Kale. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. It's just embarrassing. It makes you feel this so much shame. Oh God, I can just I
1: can. Uh, I'm getting such a visceral like reaction right now thinking about being hungover and putting on a, a jacket <sighs> that smells like that s- smells like stale cigarettes. Mm-mm.
0: It's, Mm-mm. it's not a
1: good combo, man.
0: No, I got a hug once from somebody who I I hold very high in my life, and she I saw her for the first time in a long time, and it was the night after doing something like that, and she gave me a big hug in the grocery store. And all I could think of the entire time was, oh my gosh, she, th- she thinks I'm the most disgusting <laughs> human being right now. Uh, th- and that shame alone is enough to just yeah. be like, no, I'm never doing that. Like, I'm yeah. never doing that intentionally. Yeah. And, and by intentionally, I mean sober. <laughs> um, another trend that uh, has been really taken over, especially over the past however many years, has been dry January. And it's something that I've talked about the last two years running on the, on the regular Sunday Scaries podcast. And apparently this year, Omicron has really, as, as the New York Times has said, it's upending dry January. Barrett, have you ever done a dry January or are you participating this year?
1: Um, no. Speaking of a rejection of wellness culture, Will, th- this is, I feel, uh, you know, slightly ahead of, of that trend here. I'm, I'm all, all about wellness and, and staying in shape and, and being outside and doing physical stuff and moderation and eating well and all that. But I have always rejected the idea of dry January.
0: I, I am reluctant to admit that I've done it numerous
1: times. I, I'm not. I'm, I don't hate on anybody that 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 wants to like give themselves that challenge, and 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 do a reset. It's just I, I don't. I'm I'm not in the habit of ever like denying myself things that I enjoy. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean. I get like, it. Especially not ones that I don't. That that aren't a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. I mean yeah. I get that. So it's like I don't. You know. Why would I why why would I do that to my weekends? Like I love getting home on a Friday or, uh, and having a beer or like, you know, cooking on a Saturday and, and popping a nice bottle of a wine, right? Like these are things that I enjoy and that make my life worth living. Why would I take those out away for a month?
0: Yeah. I, when you put it like that, it's like why would I ever do that in the past? I mean, in the past I did – I've done anything from – A whole 30 in January to kind of hit the reset button to just doing a dry January. I've had two Januarys since moving to Austin that I have made it to the final weekend and broken. Yeah. Not proud of those times. But, you know, I've also been a terrible influence on people who are doing dry January. Me texting them like week two being like, want to go out this weekend? Like, what are we doing? Have you you crashed yet? I always get a little excited when I hear one of my friends being like, yeah, I had a drink the other night. and We're doing it. Uh, A big thing has been damp January. That people are calling uh, only drinking within the confines of their home. So not going out, <laughs> not going and doing that kind of thing. But it's having okay. one drink. And it also – and I talked about this on Listener Questions last week – that it it also is kind of in uh, the beer and wine industry. People do it and they will only have like a very high-end glass of wine. Okay. And it's kind of more of a treat as it is – as more than it is like a habit.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, you, you also mentioned – Whole 30, which I think I understand the context of removing alcohol from your diet in the whole 30 more than I do just like eliminating alcohol for a month. Yeah. You know, I get like it. If you're doing like that full body detox, r- detox and reset, like with your entire diet. It makes a lot more sense to me.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the uh, they start this article off by saying between the emergency or the emergence of new fast spreading coronavirus variant, the sudden contraction of social life, business and school closures, and the fast approach of the coronavirus pandemic's second anniversary, some people are wondering: Is this month really the time to stop drinking entirely? <laughs> and I have to say, that is a very valid question. You had to wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I just like Carrie. I. Am not participating this year. I might try to take myself out of the drinking game for the second half of January okay. a little bit. But as somebody who was, like I said, was just on vacation, I definitely had none none of that in my mind during that time frame. Um, but like now, there's all these new things popping up. Like I just mentioned, damp January. There's California Sober, which is just people who only smoke weed that or do very, take edibles. Yeah, that that seems very popular. It's. I mean, there's no. There's the downside to it is. I don't see many downsides to people doing that unless you're just adamantly against cannabis in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I've come up with New York sober where you're only allowed to have martinis and cigarettes. (laughs) I've been trying to think of Texas sober where I would put it at like you can Hmm. only drink margaritas in Tex-Mex restaurants. Uh Like you can't actually go out and do anything else. But if you're in a Tex-Mex restaurant, you can have a margarita. You can have the local (laughs) swill there. Uh, But I don't know. I, I get why people are kind of detracting from the pressure of sober or dry January. It makes sense to me.
1: Well, why didn't, you know, I know that, like, January is the, is the, you know, it's the start of the new year. People are doing their resolutions and, and, and feeling uh, reborn in a way. But I, the, I always wondered why, didn't, why people didn't, like, uh, make this dry February. It's the shortest month. <laughs> it's sh- yeah. And uh, January is always, like, very much, like, the come down from the holidays mm-hmm. for me. Which I think is, is, as you get older and older, that the, the holidays become... A little bit less of an enjoyable season and almost more of like an oblig like a month where you have to fulfill a lot of obligations.
0: I have become more stressed during the holidays yes. than I have any other month. Like yeah. the holidays for me has become easily my most stressed out time.
1: Yep. Yep. We uh in, in the week leading up to Christmas we hosted two family dinners at at our house, which are just like, I mean, Shouts to all the families out there that have been hosting for twenty-five years or do it regularly because it is a chore and a half. Um, and yeah, and so it's like January is is is. I always feel like it's more of a time to decompress and kind of like, uh, you know, shed the 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 holiday stress. And so I I do part of that is definitely being able to kind of enjoy um, you know a drink here and there in a in a more relaxed environment Mm -hmm. with with less of all that going on so it almost it it almost feels like january should be kind of the come down from the holidays and then february is when you you should hit the ground i couldn't agree with your new kind of resolutions or or goals or or resets
0: i did this when i was living in michigan i did this because i didn't like the idea of january there there's also like holiday weekends in january where you know when you when you live in a place where tourists are visiting it's a fun time to go out Mm -hmm. Uh, February and March were always a little easier because there was just less going on. As long as you're not a big St. Patrick's Day person, March was easy for me. Uh, March Madness gets kind of mixed in there, and it kind of makes you want to have a couple beers or something. But even when it came to February, like what Valentine's Day, and there's some long weekends in February too. True, true. but it, it just seems like an easier time. And I got, I kind of got to the time at that point where I was like, okay, there's really nothing to do anyway. So if I'm going to be, if I'm going to take off time from drinking, now's the time. Like I might as well get. Feel better about myself going into spring when I actually am going to put on fewer layers and I actually sure, want to look sure. better. Like yeah. there's a health aspect there. Yeah, very
1: cold in January too. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. I'm it's like same. yeah. Like I'd rather I'd rather hit the reset button closer to summer when I can see <laughs> the effects faster. Well, I'm
1: noticing that New York Times references a, a coined term where people call dry January dry-nuary. Have hate you ever that. Heard of that? Hate that. I hate no. that. No.
0: That it's sounds awful. like that's I think good, that's not a good matchup of words. I think like a an older editor from New York Times was like, "No, we should put this in there. That's definitely <laughs> a thing." That is not. I've a, never heard drinuary. That that is not a uh, compound word that I'm a fan of. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear from our other sponsor. Someone that will actually aid in your health, unless you. I mean. You know, Yeah. We do support wellness on this podcast. We do. We do. And Green Chef is a company that will support your wellness whether you like it or not. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. They make eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. You can enjoy your greens while being green. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Green Chef's pre-portioned ingredients mean you'll actually reduce your food waste by at least 25% compared to grocery shopping. And they offer 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week featuring premium clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Green Chef's always changing varieties and easy to follow recipes means there's something new to discover each week so you never get bored. If you take a look at this week's recipes, they've got everything from spicy chili ginger chicken kale salads, creamy shrimp and bacon soup, which looks absolutely incredible as someone who loves bacon wrapped shrimp. They even have teriyaki pork fried rice, and I think I even saw a mustard steak on there. None of these take more than 30 minutes to prepare, so you're not going to spend a lot of time in the kitchen slaving over everything and you can feel healthy all while doing it. Go to greenchef.com slash scaries 130 and use code scaries 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Again, go to greenchef.com slash scaries 130 and use code scaries 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. The number one meal kit for eating well, Green Chef. All right, Barrett, this is a segment that I think we'll do a little uh, maintenance on as uh, this grows as a as an offshoot. It's a wish list. I think we. I could probably come up with a better name than just wish list, but that's what it is <laughs> for right now.
1: Um, um, yeah, no, nothing's coming to me top of mind, so we'll just we'll have to stick with wish list for today.
0: We'll sort it out. Uh, for me, I always have a. I have a. a you're a tab person, right?
1: I'm a yeah. Talk to producer Randy. He he's shocked and horrified every time I'm in here by by the uh, by the overwhelming number of windows and tabs that I have open at any given moment.
0: <laughs> I am not a I am not a tab person. I like to have as few tabs open as possible, and I will click out of things immediately. But I'm a big bookmark person, and one of my biggest folders is just called by, yeah. Buy B U Y, and it's a place where I have things bookmarked from I mean years ago. There, if I go to most of the links at the top of that folder. They're dead at this point. Those products don't exist anymore. They've been sold out or out of stock, whatever, for for so long. But I always kind of like going in there and seeing the things that I've previously bookmarked and done whatever with, and it's it is my wish list in a way, and yeah. it's something that I usually don't act on, but it's something that I like maintaining. I, I think it, it. You know, I
1: think you're either probably a tabs person or a bookmarks person, mm-hmm. or um, maybe 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 some people are just like totally reliant on. Uh, the fact that, you know, your Chrome kind of like keeps a history of, of what you were looking at. So you can like start to type in a website and it'll be like, oh, you want to go back to this product. Mm-hmm. Um, but but much in the way that you keep your bookmarks, that's one of the reasons why I keep the tabs open is because it's like it, m- much of it. Many of the tabs would fall into that <laughs> buy category. Yes. And it's actually, you know, we're, we'll talk about some of the things we want, but it's a great feeling when you do refresh one of those tabs and it's gone it's, or sold out it's, and you can exit out it's, it's a lot of weight like, off your yes, shoulders. Yes, it's this big sigh of relief. <laughs> and you're like, okay, good. I don't have to I don't have to uh, worry about how I'm going to afford that now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm actually going through a period, uh, and my wife and I thought about doing this, and we didn't, we haven't acted on it yet. But I think I might try to get her to do it maybe next month, where we try to not buy anything material for the entire month. Yeah, dry, uh, that another version of dry. Exactly. That, see, this would be my. That would be more of a like. That's probably what I should do. My dad bet my mom one time that she couldn't do that, and this was back in the 90s. I mean, this was a long time ago, and he bet her a hundred dollars that she couldn't go an entire month without buying something, and she did it. And my dad, I don't know why he thought to do this. I mean, she, she won the bet, and I think he must have been bitter about it. But he paid her the $100 all in pennies. <laughs> I think he just walked down to the bank v- and very said, petty. give very me petty. some pennies. And, and he paid her in pennies. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know where I was going with that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm currently not buying anything. But it's gotten very difficult with all the sale emails that we're receiving uh, yeah, from literally C-S-S- everybody. really tough. Uh, and one of the n- companies that I've talked about numerous times before, whether it was on a worth the splurge segment, talking about black t-shirts, uh, they've got a candle that I really like with like a little Keith. I think we talked about it. The Keith Herring candle from Noah. Uh, where it looks like the little Keith Haring figures throwing his ass in a circle, uh, but Noah's is <laughs> a company that I've always really enjoyed. Uh, I think John Duda of Internet Party introduced me to them years ago, and when I went in their store in New York, I was taken aback by everything in there. And they did a collaboration with Barracuda on a corduroy patchwork tote, and I have been a an absolute. Uh, I'll say it. I've been a slut for totes for the last couple of years now, and yeah. I, I just love totes. And I, I actually blame you for the corduroy affinity that I've recently had an uptick in, or maybe it's the truffle truffle hunting the, it guys could be, too. Could be either, yeah. But they have a corduroy patchwork tote that's three hundred twenty-five dollars.
1: It's, it's a pricey
0: tote. It you is. can get it for forty percent off currently, but mm. as someone who's not in the market to still buy a tote that's triple figures, I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to I'm going to do it, Barrett. I'm putting it on the wish list.
1: Uh, Here's some things about this tote, Will. That uh, and here, this is this is something that I'm good at is convincing people to 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 spend money. Um, it's it's made in Italy. That's one thing that you should know about. Big. It, it's also here. It's made from 100% cotton English patchwork corduroy. And I know that you are a what do you call people that really like England? Is it's it? An, a, it's is an, it an anglophile? anglophile. Yes. Yeah. 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 I blame Uh, my parents for that. You're, you're in a. I believe if you really love all things French and Parisian, you're a francophile. Okay, probably. But I, I, so I would call you an Anglophile. I'm
0: definitely an Anglophile. I think my parents always had an affinity for the UK. They always were intrigued by the royal family, the inner goings of that. Um, they took me there at a very formative age in my life. When I was in fifth grade, we uh, got very cheap plane tickets over to London. I think they were literally $100 plane tickets to London. Shocking. And so, yeah, we flew straight from Detroit to London for $100 each. And from that point on, I was just very interested by just, you know, the English culture, London. uh, You know, we have Scottish heritage, so I've always been intrigued by Scotland and, and, yeah.
1: That that might be the most amazing, like that's the that's the craziest pricing thing from like you know thirty years ago that I've heard in a long time. It was just that's hilarious. Like, that's a hundred dollars to fly to London.
0: It was like some deal they were running, and, and my, my dad hopped on it, <laughs> and it was just like okay, I guess we're going to London. Um, so
1: so yeah, your corduroy here is English. It it it's patchwork, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, and then it looks like probably re- uh, those real leather. Uh, it doesn't say anything about leather, but the handles in the bottom look like they're leather to me. Uh, may- they might just be corduroy, though. No, I think it's more they're English, corduroy. More English, corduroy, they're, more English yep, corduroy. It's all
0: English corduroy.
1: Yeah. The, the, um, I've taken to, to carrying a tote as well as my, my kind of daily bag. It's just nice to be able to just reach in and grab what you need. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we, you know, here in Texas and in and, and, and Austin, we're not like – we're in our cars a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like, hauling the bag is mostly – in between your car and wherever you're going next. Yeah. So it's not like you just have to worry about like having your bag splayed open and on the subway or constantly walking around stuff like that for yeah. people to reach into or for things to fall out of. So totes are totes are good for us. Yeah, I really do. I, I, I like this one. Um, it is tough. It's a, it's a tough swallow Go, going well over a hundred dollars is, is Tough for a tote, but I think this one's pretty special.
0: It's it's cool, and and I I just like I said, I've just been on a huge tote kick. I just love it. The a, another thing that's stopping me from this is just imagining this getting absolutely ruined. The nice corduroy just getting absolutely beaten up. But I, it honestly, would probably make it look cooler yep, at that point. Yeah, so.
1: Um, okay, M- mine, mine today is going to be a pair of sneakers. Most of my wish list recently has been shoes. It's that, that, that kind of something that just comes and goes. I'm either like in a shoe-buying phase or I'm out of a shoe-buying phase. Um, and uh, we mentioned them at the front of the podcast with the, uh, the Nanocore style and, and the old guys all, all looking fresh as hell in their New Balance. So mine is a pair of New Balance 991s in the classic gray colorway um over the last couple years i've i've tried several new balance silhouettes i've got 990 v fives and i've got the 550s that ald kind of relaunched and i've tried 992s which have been the most popular silhouette of the last year 991s are my favorite that, that i've tried so far uh they fit me the best i find them the most comfortable i, I think that they are the, the easiest to wear with like a broad range of styles 992s are actually like really kind of bulky and tall and weird mm-hmm. honestly um so 991s are my favorite and i don't have anything in like the very traditional new balance gray last yeah. time i had something in this colorway was had to be during college so i was gonna say yeah like, like i'm
0: imagining freshman walking around.
1: 2007 somewhere in that range is probably the last time i had an all-gray pair but this is you know it, this is just kind of the, the New Balance thing is not going away in 2022. In fact, it will probably only get even bigger. Um, Teddy Santis Teddy, is Teddy now Santis, a creative director? Teddy Santis, the, 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 the head of the creator and, and you know, head of ALD, is the creative director for New Balance Made in the U.S. Okay. And all signs that I'm seeing point to anything he releases in that Made in USA collection. Essentially, being like a like a Jordan like a Jordan One this year. Yeah, like they, you are not going to be able to just pop onto the New Balance website and pick his shit up. Mm-hmm. It's going, it's it, it'll be it's... botted. it'll be resold, it'll be, it will be an absolute feeding frenzy for the the hype boys.
0: We're gonna, and this is is going to be the new photo of the old man in the Patagonia jacket and khakis wearing Yeezy Boost. Now it's just going to be wearing a pair of. New Balance USA. Yeah. Teddy Santis style. Yeah. So New Balances. So uh I, you know I need I'm that's one
1: of the reasons why why I, why these are are climbing towards the top of my list is because I kind of feel the need to just like pick up a pair before the New Balance craze just like hits pandemonium
0: before we get tired of it. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> And annoyed that we can't get any of the cool things that are coming out. I don't even have the sneakers app on my phone because I know that it would just make me sad if I ever tried to get something and I couldn't. <laughs> so yeah, as somebody who who tries to avoid the big drops as much as possible, uh, I'm I I regret to say that I'm I'm bummed that I'm going to have to do that in the future. Yeah, it's it's um
1: and I could be wrong. Like m- maybe New Balance will will act a little bit differently than Nike. Maybe they will produce lots and lots of pairs and and uh as as you can see the the uh the, the price of the of the made in USA and made in UK New Balances have always been like towards that $200 range if not more. Okay. And so that could keep things a little bit more that it, it even if stuff sells out it might keep resale prices closer to the ground. Because, okay. Well, you saw you
0: know, that with the um 550s? Well, the 550s are really inexpensive
1: shoe at 100 yeah. 100- 30 bucks.
0: Yeah, and so that like when you see the resale value of those it's so much lower than so many right, other right. shoes because it's just like oh yeah these started at $130. Yeah. And I own two pairs of those because I got an email with the access to it and I was like you know what I really like these shoes and at at a $130 price point for a nice pair of sneakers it kind of made sense for me and now I'm wearing them all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, the night just to be to for full clarity the 991 is a part of the Made in the UK line. But so it it won't actually Teddy won't won't have uh, I'm not sure he'll have nine nine one designs coming out, but he might. Maybe maybe they can make these in the U.S. as well. We'll we'll see.
0: Well, Barrett, I think we did a great job today. Great first episode. I, I think I think we were hitting on all cylinders. Like we said, these won't be regular Sunday episodes, but these will be uh, you know weekly on a, on probably we're going to aim for midweek. So just keep an eye out for that. If it drops on a Tuesday or Thursday, whatever, you guys can deal with it. Uh, but other than that. Thank you for attending the uh, first ever episode of Retail Therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast feed. Looking forward to more, Will. See you guys later.